You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. This evening, I just want to trust that the Lord will accomplish His own purpose. Amen. I found myself stuck to please that we touched in passing on Sunday, and it is Acts chapter 3. And um, I want us to start from there as we read, you know, take our study and meditation this evening. In Acts chapter 3, from verse 1, the Bible says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask alms from those who enter the temple. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple ask for alms? And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. Then he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and work. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked, and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew. That it was he who sat begging arms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Praise the Lord. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Now on Sunday we said we should, you know, be uh, mindful of our temperature, of our zeal and of our fervency. And we touch this account where we have a man who before he had an encounter with Jesus was lame and had one position. He was seated and he wasn't even inside the temple. But something happened and this man had an encounter. And I believe from that moment on the man's temperature became very high. Isn't it? Is very high good. Well, became good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. His fervency became very high. He became, he, see, he, he no longer could be ignored. My prayer is that God, this God that we are talking about, who created the heavens and the earth, who changes times and seasons, you will encounter him and you will no longer be ignored in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. There are quite a few things. I, I think this is going to be a bit an unusual because uh, the Spirit of the Lord, I believe, wants to do something in us and for us. Amen? And um, He's going to do it anyhow. Quite a few things that we're going to take, but what I know is that somebody is going to have that encounter in the name of Jesus. And somebody is going to be an instrumental to other persons having that encounter in the name of Jesus. So we have Peter's there. We have John's here. And we also have the Hidato Lim man in the name of Jesus. Quite a few things. Now, the Bible says, I don't know if you had ever pondered, but when I read the Bible, I read it and I go into the environment so that I can leave it. Praise the Lord. 
Now, one of the things that I pondered about whenever I read this account is they said about this man, he was put there daily and he was not a young man. Didn't Jesus see him? Because the Bible says, our Lord Jesus Christ speaking also, Matthew 26, 55, you can show us that when he was responding to the Jews in, you know, when they were asking him questions, he said to them, I sat daily with you, teaching in the temple. So Jesus was at the temple daily. This man was at the temple daily. Praise the Lord. But he was left lame. I don't know if anybody had pondered on that question before now. Okay, but this is Bible study. So we are pondering on it. And, and we look at a situation like this. And we are asking, what could have happened? Now, I, I can't stand here and tell you I know exactly what could have happened. But I know the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11 that God does what? He says, God makes all things what? Beautiful in his time. In fact, that passage alone, okay, even that Ecclesiastes 3, 11, let's look at it. First, give us the King James. See what King James says, the way King James says it, old King James. Let's read it, everybody, the first part. It says, he had made everything, what? Beautiful in his time. So, God controls the times of my life. He holds my times. Somebody should say, thank you, Lord. The one who loves me, the one who loves you, the one who is omnipotent, the one who is omnipresent, the one who is omniscient, he has your days in his hands. He, and he said, I will make everything what? Beautiful in my time. You know, this, this reminds me of an account. He reminds me of an account. It's not the, exactly the story, but this captures the story. A man was owing the wife. I think a friend was owing another friend, you know, maybe when they were much younger. And then when they encountered, they were in an environment and there was an arm robbery operation going on. And this friend, one of the friends, was owing the other friend. So you know what he did? He quickly brought out money and paid the friend he was owing. Now, is it good to pay your debt? Was, was it good that the debt was paid? But was that debt paid in a good time? That's not the time you want to pay. The other account was a man and the wife went to the, to the supermarket. And when they were done shopping, they got at the counter to pay. And this man paid the wife. Say, that money I've been owing you, this is the money. And I don't have any other money. Was that debt paid? It was paid, but it was paid what? In a time that you can't call good. God says, I will make your own case things what? Beautiful in the good time, not the time where you don't want it to be paid. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Because you see, what God knows that I don't know is so much more than what I know. So when I pray, when I'm in a situation, whatever it is that is going on, I must leave room for God to be God. Praise God. And that's why the Bible tells us in Hebrews eleven six that he that comes to him must believe that he what, is and he's a rewarder. You see, the rewarder will give you at the best time. The payer will pay you at any time. Not mindful of the benefit. Praise God. I understand that there is a study going on now that is trying to learn uh, or not learn or master the um, Igbo apprenticeship system. How many of us have heard that 
you know, even Harvard and all of that are studying it. Now, one of the beautiful things about the Igbo apprenticeship system is that they reward, they don't pay. So the boy will be serving, and when you see him, he might look wretched, he might look all of that, but if he serves full term, that boy automatically in one moment becomes a boss. He will have a shop rented for him. He will have the same goods he slaved about. He becomes master. All this while, he has never had excess. But all of a sudden, he has capital to build to become a boss. Why? Because the system rewards. He doesn't pay. But if that same boy was, if, the, the, if what was given him at the end of the tenure was divided and paid him over the eight years or nine years that he served his master. If you see him in the shop, you might not see any difference between him and his master. But you know what? After eight years, if he was asked to go, he will go poor. But he will serve as a houseboy. They call him boy boy or your boy or whatever. And for eight, nine years, he's like that. But the moment he's settled, if care is not taken, in fact, most times those boys become wealthier than their bosses. Why? Because they are paid this with this scripture. Makes all things what? Beautiful in its time. And that's what God is saying to somebody here. You're asking questions and you're going through a situation. And God is saying, I know you. That is one thing you must say to God knows who? God knows you. Everyone who believes in God must believe that God is not just in heaven. God is concerned about He's mindful of you. He knows you. Praise the Lord. And that is why if we're to go back to what we learned on Sunday, the way you come to Him must matter because He is also looking at you. Praise the Lord. We come to Him knowing that He's aware of me. He's mindful of my situation. He's looking at me. In fact, He's not just, you know, we're not just coming. He's expecting us. We're expected guests at his temple. So when we come, God is already aware and he knows everything that you're going through. So he's, and he says, don't you know that not a hair of your head falls? Don't you know I've numbered the hairs on your head? He's trying to tell you that every detail, even though we pray to him like we dealt with that get connected today, even though we go and pour our hearts out before him, he even knows our thoughts are far off. Before you begin to pour your heart to him, God knows already. And he's looking at you to see your countenance, how you're coming into his presence. That's why the psalmist said to us, enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. We come to him saying that I know that this God has me covered. Praise the Lord somebody. I know that this God knows the way that I'm taking. And after he has done what he's doing, testing me, what is going to happen? I know I will come forth as gold. Praise the Lord. So this man was there daily. Jesus finished his ministry and left. The disciples started. And who knows how many days, how many weeks, how many months after Pentecost that this also happened. Praise the Lord. In fact, if you come with me to Acts chapter 2. You see what happened there from 45, 46, 46. They say, 46 says, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and the breaking and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church word daily those who were being saved. This day was this man's own. Is somebody getting it? God had worked out all things. Now on the side of the man also, 
Every day they brought him out. And his target for every day was enough money to feed, isn't it? And possibly enough money to tip the people who will carry him. Because, you know, they had to carry him. You know, there were no wheelchairs for him to use. So he had to be carried from wherever he lived all that distance to the temple. So a good day for him was enough and some extra for his carriers. Praise God. But was this day good for him? Are you sure it was good for him? But did he make the money? He didn't make the money. Now, do you know the point you take from there? You don't even know what you need. Praise the Lord. Can somebody throw his hands and say, Lord, answer me in your own language. Answer me with your own coins. Answer me with what you have prepared for me. This man, what he encountered that day was not in his prayer point. He wasn't, if he had prayed it, he had stopped praying it. Maybe when Jesus' ministry was on, he may have. But we, we don't know. But at this point, what was he looking for? He was looking, expecting to receive money. And these are some of the things that we look at and we are careful when we come before God. You and I should be aware that it is the God of the heavens that we worship. Praise the Lord. He is God. He's not a man. The, the song says, you are bigger than what, what we say you are. In other words, God can do more than you can think he does. In fact, the Bible says he's able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you... I think this case, you know, simply just, you know, exemplifies it. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask... Or imagine, so this man probably may have imagined that on a certain day, a wealthy man will just adopt him and keep him, keep him in his house and he'll cease begging. Maybe he may have dreamt of that. But little did he know that that temple where he sat at the gate, he was going to be the major event on that, in that temple. Now, now let, let me show you something again very interesting that you know, uh, caught my attention there. First verse of chapter 3 says, now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer at the ninth hour. Now, because this man had been going, you could see here that it was a regular occurrence, isn't it? From what we see here, we see that they went to pray. It was, in fact, a message. Can you give us message translation? They said they attended the prayer meeting. How many of us attend prayer meetings here? Praise the Lord. Now, let, leave, leave the message. It says, one day at three o'clock in the afternoon, Peter and John were on their way into the temple for prayer meeting. It meant this was their course of life. Are you with me? This is what they had done probably for 10 years or 20 years or for 40 years. We don't know how long. But this meeting was where they were to be found. Now, in the course of their lives, God upset that meeting. You know why? Do you know that this prayer meeting didn't happen that day? Praise the Lord. Do you know that praise, there's something that called momentum? Do you understand what I'm saying? Any physicist? You see, if you keep doing what God said you should do, a time will come that the hand of God will come upon it. What will come out cannot be predictable. Okay, let me show you. So it's not as if I'm just telling some stories. Look at verse 11. Verse 11 says, Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, what happened? 
all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called what? So the people inside the temple came out. The prayer meeting that was to hold in the temple did not hold it again. Something different happened. Why? Because some people had built up a momentum with God. My prayer is that your Christian life will not end just silently. There will be things that God will add to your faithfulness that will confirm that it is him you are coming to. In the name of Jesus. You know, it's so easy for people to look at you and think, because nothing spectacular has happened, nothing supernatural is happening. But it's the mercy of God that from time to time, He unveils heaven so that people will see what is actually happening in your life. Somebody's life will be shown in the name of Jesus. He doesn't do it all the time, but He does it from time to time. Because Peter and John, that very day, became the temple. They became the temple. And they, they, that, that's why if you listen to the sermon they preach, they started telling people, don't look at us like that. So it is not us. So it is Jesus. So it is not. Why? All of a sudden, God said, I approve of this man. The Spirit of the Lord is saying, I will confirm you. Keep yourself faithful. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, yes, that's what he's saying. He will confirm you. And these confirmations may be financial. It may be by, you know, different displays. I don't know what it is. But God is saying, let my people know I am mindful. I think it was last year or two years ago that the Lord spoke to us concerning the end hour. There's something called the end hour. That moment where you didn't know about, but God has said it. That at this point, there will be a change. That's what happened here. And it happened that on this day, Peter and John, if you ask them also, depending on the level of their fervency, they may have been going to the temple like many of us who are watching or came here today might have come. They might have come burdened, wondering. Listen, no matter how anointed a man is, if he doesn't have money, it takes a lot of effort to be very joyful. These men were broke. They were broke enough that they didn't have money to give a beggar. You understand what I'm saying? It's different that you don't have money to go for lunch. You don't have money to buy a suit. You don't have money to buy a car. You don't have money to buy or to travel. But to, not to have money to give a beggar. I know they're not lying. If they were lying, the Lord wouldn't use them. So it meant that two full-fledged men, husbands of wives, fathers of children, some of you are watching me and you're asking the Lord why. God is mindful of you. It was on that very day that God honored them beyond their imagination. This was one of those miracles that they did that transformed the history of the church. And it was a day where they, we could have said to this man, or the spirit of, oh, sorry, yeah, the spirit of the age would have said to this man, What are you even doing, sir? This is when backsliding, slackness, you know, slothfulness, all of that could have entered. This was the, day, the type of day that people don't go for prayer meeting. And that's why I marvel at people who are consistent and then they become inconsistent because of difficulty. I can understand when prosperity makes you to be cold. The Bible warns us about that. You know that. In Deuteronomy, he told the children of Israel that when you enter the land, you have eaten and your welfare. It is a normal reaction. So, in fact, if you're prosperous, you need more effort to be consistent because the enemy most times doesn't waste his time on Christians that are going through difficulties. Because, you see, somehow your, your, your faith sensitivity is activated. 
But when the Christian becomes fat, that's fat prosperously, he's likely to speak like Pharaoh. I know what Pharaoh says. Who is the Lord? No, I haven't time been praying. What is prayer? You understand? All, all my containers are coming in. My businesses are clicking. Everything I need is being done. Everything is okay. It is so easy at that point for the Christian to sit back. You know, stretch out his legs and want to relax. That's the time to actually be more careful. Because that time is the enemy that wants to do what? Bring the person down. He doesn't delight if you're broke and you fall. What is it? Praise the Lord. There is a saying that says, he that is down what? He's not fearing any fall. He's already down. What can you do? There's nothing you can actually do. So, so, but, but these men, you know, thank God that they were not discouraged by their situation. They just kept pressing on. And they were not also ashamed of it. Some of us, you know, we come to church and, and maybe it's Pastor Kenneth that has done that because it's as though we celebrate poverty and like it. Eh? But that's not the truth. We're just preaching the word of God the way it is. But some of us, whenever we hear money, we are gravitated in our spirit. As if somebody has looked for our trouble. Now, you see, if you're not humble, that money may never come. Learn to understand that money is a blessing. Praise the Lord. Don't mind the ones that the kidnappers and you know, uh, Satan gives people. But also, God blesses the righteous with money. Praise the Lord. So, when as a Christian, you're poor or you're broke or you're going through difficult times, don't be angry with everybody that has money. They're not your enemies. Praise the Lord. And then don't have a wrong attitude towards it celebrate what God is doing because it's the mercy of God that makes sure that at every time in a place somebody has money hallelujah you know yes that's why you see in some families at some point this person has money it's God's mercy that everybody won't die so your neighbor's money that your neighbor has light no matter how wicked he is he will throw some light into your house isn't it have you been in a neighborhood where nobody has generator even to find your hand is difficult. But when your neighbor's generator is on, he somehow lightens. Do you understand what I'm saying? Anyway, what the point I want us to get here is that these men that they were in, in lack did not affect their attitude. So when this beggar begged them, they were not provoked. You know, you know what a sore point is? Many of us, where we are allowed to be a sore point for us is where God is tuning to bless us from. So if, if somebody says, you know, I mean, do you have children? He said, what, what do you mean by that? Are you married? What do you mean by that? You know, like, like, um, like um, a, a lady my wife told me about that, were, that was teaching them in secondary school. So the, the lady's name was Miss somebody, let's say Miss, uh, Miss Okeke. So the, the students, because most teachers, you know, were married. So instead of calling her Miss Okeke, they'll call her Mrs. Okeke. The day they call her that name, class has finished. Is your father marrying me? Is this, you know, she'll guess. No, no, no. These children are innocent. Who knows? My, my sister-in-law, my brother is married to a lady who was made in Okeke. And they married and becomes Mrs. Okeke. Who knows whether these children were prophesying to this woman that she will marry a man with her father's name. Do you understand what I'm saying? But it was a sore point. So once they greet, oh, it, that is not a sore Good morning, Mrs. Okeke. What has started? 
Because it, she allowed a place where should have been a vessel, a provision for God to touch her to become a place of soreness. That is what you must not do. These men, the beggar touched them in their sore point. Say, give me money. How many of us have failed in that area? Especially when your wife asks you and you know you don't have. How many have lost their temper? Lord, forgive us, Abby. Praise the Lord. <laughs> okay. So, so the, the, the beggar tuned them, give me money. And who knows how it happened. But they said to the beggar, with all, I, I, I wanted to say with all humility, I don't know how they said it. But they said to the beggar, do you want to know the truth? We are broke, as broke as you. That's what they said. But, they said we have something. That is where humility comes from. Do you know, we, we've looked at the account of the, of the widow who went to the prophet and said, your servant, your, 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 my husband, your servant is dead, isn't it? And the creditors have come to what? To take my, my two sons to go and sell and, you know, after it. What did the man say to, 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 to her? He said, what do you have in the house? The truth is this. As long as you are alive, God will never leave you without anything. It's not possible. He can't leave you without anything. You know, we come to church and because of the way we've run things here, and not, not here in particular, but just generally in the world, human beings run things. We restrict ourselves to counting the tangible. Now, you and I know that even when we are younger, there were friends that if you had money and if you had your car, if you had all the nice things, you would go and pick them up so that you can have a good time. How many of us had such friends? They didn't contribute money. Their presence was just a blessing. Now, you don't have to have anything tangible to be a blessing. You're a child of God. Your joy should be exuberant. Your presence should bring a freshness. Are you getting what I'm saying? You can't be poor and be sore and be everything. All of that in one. Abba, no, God is better than that. Is someone getting what I'm saying? We had aunties those days growing up. They were not married, but we almost loved them as much as our mommy because they were just so sweet. Auntie this, auntie this, auntie this, auntie this. That, do you understand? They, they didn't say until this happened, until this happened. Or don't call me, am I your mother? Go. No, they, they were just a blessing. Why? Because in that your lack, God has put a blessing. If you would open your eyes, you will see. And as you communicate that blessing he's put there, every other situation will be sorted out. Are you getting what I'm saying? So these men, they said, silver and gold we don't have, but we are not broke. Somebody say that. Whatever it is, you don't. But you're not left without anything. Why? Our Lord Jesus taught us. He says, ask if we earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to our children, isn't it what he said? How much more shall what? Our heavenly father give good gifts to those who love them. And then he went on and said, how much more shall our heavenly father give the Holy Spirit? How can somebody who carries the Holy Spirit be empty? Even if you don't carry anything tangible. Do you know that the world we see... How did it come about? It was a mixture. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I wish I read sciences. It was a chemical reaction between the hovering of the Holy Spirit and the word of God. The Bible says the earth was what? Without void. And what was happening? There was something happening. The Spirit of God was hovering. And then God said, so it means that if you have the Holy Spirit, you can speak over a situation. And something will change. Praise the Lord, somebody. So, so these men, 
This was how they came into that day. They woke up that day and by reason of their faithfulness, they kept the prayer meeting. They kept the appointment with the prayer meeting. You know, going, whether happily or whatever, they were going and an encounter took place. And that encounter is recorded for you and I to read today. So what are we saying, brethren? That the child of God, that temperature we started talking about on Sunday, is essential because we don't know how the drawdown will come. It's simply saying to you and I, that if it is this God of heaven that you're dealing with, there are no dull moments. If there's a dull moment, it's not on his side. The people in heaven, we've learned what they're doing. The people in heaven don't take siesta. Praise the Lord. The action is too live. What they're seeing is too much. They keep what? They say what? Day and night, what are they doing? They're saying holy, holy, holy. That same God is our God. So if it's boring, 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 I need to wash my eyes. Praise the Lord. If nothing, I'm feeling nothing, it's not from his side. Current is passing. Praise God. Current is passing. What has happened is that the circuit may have been broken along my line. But if I get it right and moments come where I say I've nothing, I will push on and say, Lord, I know you are there. The Bible tells us, David, what did he say? He said, I was glad when they said to me, what? Let us go to the house of the Lord. In fact, I, I, let me tell you, anytime I find myself a bit sluggish concerning spiritual things, I take it to God in prayer. You know, because the same way, you know, we must, we must be very clinical about life. Clinical about life is in the sense that if you have a high temperature, what do you say? You say you're not feeling well. But you know, you actually may, be, may have energy. Do you get what I'm saying? You may be full of energy, but your body is hot. Why? Because that high temperature on your body is indicative that something is wrong. You haven't, you haven't felt any other thing wrong. The same way as a spiritual person, when you become sluggish to the things of God, it's an indication that you should address immediately. You may not immediately know how the next manifestation is going to be, but it's something you must. You know, somebody says, I come to church, I sit down, I don't hear anything. So even if a man, even if a dog stands here and backs for one hour, if you're in the spirit, you will receive interpretation. So you just went for one hour. You didn't hear anything. And then you, you opened your mouth to tell somebody as an indication that the person who spoke didn't say anything. Even as they speak, when the man opens his ears, are you getting what I'm saying? If it happens, you should run to the place of prayer and say to the Lord, unblock my ears. Are you getting it? Unblock my ears. You're, you're reading the Bible. <laughs> Praise God. You're reading the Bible and it's like Greek to you. You, you now say this Bible, I don't know what's wrong. Is that what is happening? No, now you know that the word of God is forever what's settled. His word is settled. If, it's not, if I'm not seeing anything in the Bible, I'm reading, the thing is just not making sense. I should close the Bible and go and beg the Lord. What has happened? Open down my eyes that I may what? Behold wonderful things from your scripture. Did they say open the Bible? The Bible is always there. If I can't see, I should address where the problem should come from. That's what it is. But, but you see, we're, we're not sensitive to this thing. So what has happened is that we have compelled 
churches, pastors, to satisfy our flesh. So most places when you come to church, there's enough smoke from the altar. There's enough volume from the choir. There's enough vibration all over to make you feel something happen. Now, don't forget that your spirit, soul, and body. So when your spirit can feed, if your body feeds, you'll be okay. But if you're a spiritual man, you'll know that this thing moved your body. But your spirit will be like the drama they did for us. I think it was late last year. Your spirit will be hungry. You know that. Do you, do you get, somebody getting what I'm saying? Have you been in events where your body was, everything was delighting, the excellence and everything was wonderful. But your spirit is whispering, I'm, I'm dying. I'm dying. But your body is saying, wow. What has happened then is that because, you know, people are seeing that human beings, the world, the end, the end of the age is making people get bored of the things of the spirit. Instead of digging deeper into the spirit to bring wealth of refreshing for people. You know what I did? They are going into the flesh to bring more things. That's why they, we started bringing comedians. 20, 15 years ago, had you heard of comedian in church? Did you ever hear of it? Even the type of dancing we do. I remember the first time the choir did Thai Tribet dance. And they were, in fact, the first time I saw Thai Tribet, I was wondering, is he okay? The way he was running around the stage. But now I understand some people are sleeping. So you need to, even if he's running, that you need to use to wake them up. Now wake them up. Let us be awake at least. Oh yes. Why? Because the, the flesh is what is being sustained. The spirit is starving. People are not feeding. The, the spirit of men. The, the people are not addressing the core. It's not being addressed. So we invent ways. You know. To, to just make the flesh to be okay. So because I mean. If the word is not meeting you. Uh, then then let, let something else meet you. Let the light meet you. Let the sound. Let the you know. The things where they let it meet you. And that's how a lot of places are being sustained. That's why you can look at an environment, you know, like we have in Nigeria. And you're looking for men. And you're wondering, God can't find a man. But we're good. churches are filled. Things are happening. There's noise. There are billboards and all of that. Why? Because deep can only call to deep. That's the only way it communicates. What God is doing in heaven cannot touch flesh. The Bible says, for, for they do not have, how did he put it? He said, neither, how does he say, neither can they know, they don't have the spirit. They don't hear and neither can they. Do you understand? The, the spirit of God does not speak flesh language. That's why if someone is preaching now, now, I think I shout when I preach, but someone doesn't need to shout for someone to be powerful. Because the spirit neither shouts nor does anything. It just communicates deep. It's just like when your phone, when you're, you're using Bluetooth, what sound do you hear? The Wi-Fi in your house, what sound do you hear? But it's their communication. When you look, you see something. It's the same way with spiritual things. But it's just sometimes, you know, we have to shout so that if your spirit knows they hear, your flesh will at least tell you, the man is, this is the peak of the sermon. So you feel something. And then you wake up your spirit. Say, spirit, I think pastor is trying to, Emphasize the point. But, but all, all those things are not necessary. You know why? If you look, if you live your spiritual life to be at that level, what is going to happen is that you're going to have up and downs. And just like we're looking at this story, nobody knows the day this magnificent encounter will take place. 
If there's anything for you to learn, nobody knows the day. Nobody knows the day. This man came daily. The apostles came daily. It just happened that their lack, that if they had money, the, the giving of alms was, unquote, spiritual under the Jewish religion. It was. It was encouraged. It was part of what, that's why he said, give to the poor and all of that. It was part of the things, you know, that the, the Pharisees and the adherents did to prove their devotion to God. So if they had, they would have given and then they would have gone into the temple and come out and gone. And the man would have remained there. Whereas that day, heaven said, Peter and John, you are the temple. Doesn't the Bible say that you are living epistles? The Bible is there but God said that you and I, you and you and you and I, we are living epistles known what? And to be read by all men. So God is desiring that things will happen in your life that men will no longer need to come to the uh, uh, octagonal shape of the Father's church. But they will look at you and sit down in front of you at work and say, tell me sister, tell me brother, tell me young man, how did this thing happen? And then you yourself become the temple of God. Praise the Lord somebody. Now, now, these things, they can happen now. They can happen tomorrow. And they don't, they don't need a church gathering to happen. They just need a man and a woman, a young boy that knows that they are carrying the Holy Ghost. When you're carrying the Holy Ghost, you're combustible. Do you understand? You're combustible. You're, you're, some, you're carrying power. Do you understand? You, you should take steps. Praise the Lord. When David brought back the ark, the second time. What did the Bible record? It said they go six steps. What did they do? They will start dancing. They will make sacrifices. He was carrying the ark. They were carrying it externally. Do you know you and I are carrying the presence of God? Not externally. We are carrying it in our hearts. The Bible says, know you not that you are what? The temple of this. He lives in you. You are carrying him. So you walk. You remind yourself. The Spirit of God is inside of me. You see a circumstance. You remind yourself, I'm carrying the Holy Ghost. I'm not left destitute. No Christian is destitute. Some time ago, he said, tell them, there is no Christian that is a sorry case. Because the, the, many times we look at ourselves, and just like this man, this lame man, because of experience, daily, you've been in this situation, daily, it didn't change. Daily, you didn't change. And your thinking is like that. Let, let me show you in verse 10. Can, can, you, can you show us? Let's go back to verse 10 there. Or better say, let's do verse 16. Verse 16. Praise the Lord. Let's see what, what, what happened here. He says, and his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Now, now uh, the, the part, part I want you to, I noticed in my Bible I had highlighted most of that. But I never highlighted whom you see and know. And the Spirit of God said, do you know that this man had become popular by his predicament? When Peter healed him, now you can go back to verse 10. When Peter healed him, they didn't ask me to wonder. His, his, his unfortunate, his lame situation was popular. What it means is that people had adjusted to it. He probably was, I don't know whether he had a name or he had gotten a name, the lame man at the gate beautiful. Now this is, they say then they knew that it was what? He who sat begging. It means the condition that God will change for you may be a condition that has become so personalized to you. But God does not have respect to time. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? How long? You see? Praise God. 
He said, this man, this was his situation. And no wonder he was left there. They saw him. So when they saw him walking, immediately they said, this man walking, we know him. But what they knew him as was no longer who he was. Now go to verse 16. Let's see what happened there. In verse 16, Peter was careful to tell them how it happened. He says, and his name, through faith in his name, had made this man strong, whom you see and know. He says, yes, faith. Which comes through him. What is he saying? No matter a situation, no matter how long a particular situation has lasted, faith in the name of Jesus can turn it upside down. That's what he's saying here. He says, this man, yes, can you give us any other translation? Give us NLT or the Living Bible if you have it. Yes, he says here, he says, says the second part. His second part says, and you know what? How crippled he was. And you know how wretched, you know how bad, you know how sick, you know how unfortunate. May this be part of our story as a country as well in the name of Jesus. You know how terrible their situation was. That's what he said. He says you know. He wasn't trying to tell them. You know many times when people are sharing testimony, they say, do you know I was this? And you're even wondering, so things were that bad for you. But this man's situation was known. Everybody knew it. He didn't need to be preached about. What he was just preaching was the transformation you're seeing is through faith in Jesus' name. And that same Jesus is here. Let's rise on our faith. That same Jesus is here. 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 You, you don't know. You know, can, can you please put Exodus 12 for me? Exodus 12, 11. So some place we missed on Sunday. Let me just quickly point to it. Another interesting place. I, 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 we, we have looked at this passage of the Exodus several times. But on Sunday, as I was preparing for Sunday, the Lord showed something to me there. It says, read that part again. Let's read it together. It says, and thus you shall eat it. Talking about the Passover lamb. With a belt on your waist. Your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand. Just hold on. If you came into my house and you saw me dressed like this and eating, standing up, what will you say? You say, is he okay? Do you understand? But he added something here. He says, so you shall eat it in what? Haste. He's trying to say about an attitude of readiness. He said, God is always doing what? Something. God is always doing something. And you just have to trust that God is about to pass by you. Today, today, in the name of Jesus. You have to believe that God is about to bring your deliverance, your intervention, your healing. Today, that is the God. It says, so you shall eat it. Don't, don't tie up and eat this food. Oh. Eat it dressed, ready to go. Eat it in a haste. Why? Because what I'll do will be sudden. That's what happened. All of a sudden we see a a shift take place in the church. And the whole temple was turned upside down. The whole services were around. Why? Because somebody encountered. Somebody was able to strike when God was ready. I need you to raise your faith tonight. And please don't just raise it tonight. Because I don't want to deceive you. I want you to raise it permanently every day. The Bible says, Blessed be the Lord our God who daily loves us with benefit. Every day I wake up, 
I must say to the Lord, thank you in advance. Even before I get into the day. Why? Because that day might be my end day. That day, and if it is not, he's working on it. He's working on it. Can you just go to the Lord in prayer and say to the Lord, I lift my heart to you. I lift my heart to you. I recover my heart. You see, from despondency. I take it, I'm I'm not despondent. I'm, I'm, no, 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 no. I know the God I serve. You are God. You are God. You are the God that answers prayers. You are the almighty God. You are the God that turns situations around. You are the God who is mindful of me. You are the God who does not forget. You are the God who makes everything beautiful. In your time, your son, your daughter is coming tonight to say, Lord, my eyes are set on you. My eyes are set on you. My eyes are set on you. And I'm expectant. I will take you seriously. I will be fervent, O Lord. And my heart will burn for you. No wonder Lord Jesus Christ says, men always ought to pray and not to think. You don't know the hour. You don't know the hour. You know, when our Lord Jesus was asked the, the, the disciples, but of that day and hour, no one knows. He answered it for the end of the age. But it's also an answer for every Christian. What God wants to do, how do you know that it's tomorrow? Why? Because God is always doing something. So the wise man, the wise woman, wakes up every day. Every statement is making. Every word, every conversation. You're having a conversation with somebody. Don't say it can never be now. You don't know whether it's now. You don't know whether it's the, uh, it's the, it's the details of that conversation. That the Lord will say, let it be. You can't speak anyhow. That's why Lord Jesus Christ said to us, every idle word. Let no idle word proceed from your mouth. Let it be words of faith. Words of assurance. Words of anticipation. Words of expectancy. Words that says, I know whom I believe. And I'm fully persuaded that all that I've committed into his hands he's able to bring it to pass that's the God we serve I just want us to raise our hearts to him and say to the Lord heal me O Lord if in any way my heart had grown cold towards you you are the Lord that is your name you are God almighty you do wonderful things you do mighty things you do glorious things you are the God that turns situations around and you are my God I worship and I bless you blessed be your name O Lord in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. First Corinthians 2 9 says, I had not sinned. I hasn't sinned. Ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man. What what? God has prepared. The key word there is that these things are prepared, though. It's just the delivery, and we don't know which day. If anybody gets what I'm saying today, I'm just saying that you have to be ready. You just have to be ready. You have to be in a state of anticipation as a Christian. The year 2021 is still, you have to be in a state of expectancy. You, you can't say, well, this thing has been too long. No, that's not. Your God is almighty. And if it was so, why didn't it happen so? No, that is not your, your God is mindful. He's reading every detail. He's clinical. He's, 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 he's interested in every detail. He wants the fullness to be there so that when it is done, it will be a glory to glory to glory situation. I need you to just bless the name of the Lord. Father, we bless you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we worship you. For you are God. You are God. You are God. You are God, the glory and the lifter of our heads. We worship you. 
we worship you we thank you lord for in spite of the condition about us that people know they may know us as the one who is barren they may know us as the one who is single they must know us as the one who is poor who is broke who is sick but we know that faith in your name and that faith is what we are bringing faith in your name changes situations turns situations around and because of that faith we don't wait till we see it we rejoice even now we rejoice now we are blessing you for we know that you are so mindful of us you're thinking about us you're watching over us you're looking over us to do us good and we are blessing you receive our praise O lord blessed blessed be your name O lord for in jesus christ's name we'll pray praise the lord thank you jesus We worship you, Lord. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.